The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Well, good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. We're focusing on law and order on this day. Friends from the Murfreesboro Police Department are with us today. So if you have questions dealing with traffic situations, if you have other issues that are concerning you, maybe you just have something uh, you want to protect yourself more as we are uh, getting toward the earlier evening hours when it gets dark more quickly outside. Maybe you need to ask some questions about uh, making your home more secure, what you need to do to do that. Michael Bowen, the chief of the Murfreesboro Police Department, is with us this morning. Michael, good morning to you. Good morning, Bart. Good to have you with us. Thank you. And you brought along some of your cohorts. Uh, Lieutenant Clayton Williams is here. Clayton, good morning. Good morning, Bart. Good to have you here. And Larry Flowers, the public information officer, is also here. Hey, Larry. Good morning, Bart. Good to have all of you with us. Michael, as you look back over the past month since uh, the time when you were last here, are there any particular things that have been popping up that you wanted to maybe address and encourage people to uh, do this or that with? Uh, well, funny you should ask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Larry, just recently, uh, what we're trying to do is uh, this year we tried to, uh, well, we, we did uh, begin uh, developing our traffic unit. We have a lieutenant, Lieutenant Greta Walker, who's uh, managing that unit. We have a uh, two sergeants uh, that are part of that unit as well and what we're trying to do is uh, create a unit to uh, focus on uh, traffic complaints in the city so uh, one of the big challenges was uh, trying to uh, get complaints organized in a way that we can uh, review them send uh, resources out to uh, uh, see what the problems were and then uh, of course uh, conduct a response so what we've done uh, what we were seeing was a lot of times if somebody had somebody speeding through their neighborhood they would call dispatch we'd send a car out and if we didn't see anything we'd leave the area and that was uh, pretty much uh, the extent of it but uh, we we know that if people are having chronic problems it's repeat speeders it's repeat offenses that uh, we needed to have a uh, better way of tracking those so basically you can go to our website now and you can uh, fill out a complaint form those will go to our supervisors in the traffic unit and they will uh, evaluate those complaints and they'll uh, determine what response would be appropriate in those situations I just need to emphasize and say that we're dealing with reoccurring problems by using the forms on the website and they will not generate a, a immediate police response if you have something that requires a police response then by all means please call the uh the non-emergency number at 615-893-1311 very good so if you have any issues that are concerning you speeders what have you uh kids you know, gathering together that are you're, you're thinking maybe you're creating some issues right and you can go to any part of town any part of the day and you'll see somebody uh, uh, committing some type of violation I mean I think that uh, with 60 something square miles in the city and uh, over a thousand roadways uh, there's a lot of traffic in this town so what we have to do is we need to be able to isolate those uh, 
or we need to be able to identify those isolate, isolated incidents of, uh, of traffic complaints versus the more chronic ones and uh, that's what we're trying to do here and like I said come up with a long-term uh, plan to give some of these uh, areas relief. That's good good information there yeah. and of course uh, that's on your website is there a direct website that you go to? Yeah, you can go to the City of Mercer Police Department website, and then there will be a tab that uh, specifies traffic complaints. It's uh, one of the main tabs we have, and you can just click on that, and it'll it'll prompt you uh, to the form. Okay, very good. Uh, how did uh, your trick-or-treating go? Uh, Murfreesboro Police and the other agencies here in Rutherford County were very much involved. Uh, that was part of the uh, Rutherford County Traffic Safety Task Force. They do a trunk and treat uh, each year, the third year, to have that event uh, out on Samsonite Drive. Uh, you have nine different uh, law enforcement agencies uh, in Rutherford County from the Sheriff's Office, Smyrna Police, Laverne Police, Murfreesboro, uh, VA uh, Police, uh, as well as um, TWRA. Highway Patrol, Eagleville Police. It's made up of nine different uh, law enforcement agencies. And typically this is one of our ways of giving back to uh, the community by holding this truck or treat. Um, you know, people do not even have to get out of their car. They just drive through. We hand out candy as well as literature in terms of um, hands-free violations and things like that just to educate the parents. And then the kids get a treat coming through. And so, uh, the event it's um, a really good event that has been quite popular very good so um, and the kids from what I heard really had a ball right they did they do all they they come dressed up and um, never get out of the car but you know the officers have fun um, you know mingling with mm -hmm. those children as they come by now this past weekend I believe it was you did a drug take back what kind of success did you have pretty good success more than usual or yeah, I, I don't have the, the, the number of pounds of drugs that uh, we collected with at St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital. We partnered with the uh, Child Advocacy Center and uh, people were able to uh, come by the hospital and drop off, um, you know, unused uh, medication. Um, on a daily basis, if you would like, you can come by the police department at the, in our lobby at uh, 1004 North Highland Avenue and you can drop off any unused medication. Um, you know, say for instance, a loved one passes away and they have a cabinet full of medication. You know, what do you do with that? You want to, you know, you can bring it by uh, the police department and drop it off. Uh, TBI came by the next day to pick up um, some of the drugs that we had collected uh, there at the police department. We had seven barrels several barrels of drugs and one of those barrels was uh, from the event that we had this past Saturday and so what they would do is they would collect these barrels they'll take them uh, uh, typically over East Tennessee and they will uh, properly dispose of those uh, those, those dr unused uh, medications. I'm glad you mentioned about uh, if you have a loved one who passed away right. clean out their drugs the same would be true if you have just gone through an operation right. and they you know prescribe some really strong drugs to keep you from uh, having pain right. and you don't use them don't just leave them sitting there I guess right. those become um, they they draw people to your house sometimes I guess <laughs> and could get into the wrong hands yeah definitely you don't want uh, those type of medications the opioids and things like that to get into the wrong hands so you know the best option is to uh, clean out those uh, medicine cabinets and uh, 
and properly dispose of those medicines. And just remember when you bring them by the PD, it's there's no check-in process. We don't ask for IDs. You just walk up to a, a receptacle that we have set up, put it in there, and uh, uh, go on about your business. Mm -hmm. uh, now, is that in the front lobby? It's in the front lobby. Okay. So yep. in what hours is, or is the lobby open all the time? Six to ten. Ten. Yeah. Six, six to ten. six in the morning till ten at night. Yes, so sir. That should fit most everybody's schedule. It should. Okay, very good. Uh, while we're talking about things that you can do at the police department, uh, and we've mentioned this before, but I think you can't ever get it out enough, that is the point out front where you can, uh, if, if you have custody of your children, joint custody, you can uh, exchange your children there, uh, and that is uh, monitored. And you can also, if you're selling a vehicle or something, uh, exchanging cash for something, uh, you can do it there and feel a little more secure. And we do get a lot of use out of that, uh, both for the, uh, like you said, the custody exchanges, the the sales. I, I see uh, sales on going there almost daily. So uh, we invite everybody if they they're doing online sales and uh, they're uncomfortable about meeting somebody uh, out in the public elsewhere to come by the PD. And uh, we've got uh, that front parking lot that's totally uh, accessible, and uh, we encourage them to use it. Very good. So those are some things you need to know about. Uh, Clayton, let's talk with you a bit about uh, safety on uh, being outside at night, walking on the streets, riding your bicycle. Uh, a lot of folks are out there jogging, and sometimes you just don't see those folks. Yeah, um, especially as we're getting ready to come up on the time change, and that's going to enhance that even more where it's going to be getting darker earlier. Um, you know, uh, the, the, I came into work early yesterday, and the uh, sun wasn't quite up yet, and noticed that exact thing. There was several uh, people I passed that were waiting on the bus for school. Uh, it's dark up until almost 6.30, and so the um, big thing is, you know, for those folks, to they've got their designated locations where they're going to be picked up, dropped off. Um, but if you're walking, bicycling, uh, or just waiting on a bus, you know, we ask uh, motorists to be very aware of what's going on in the morning. The other thing that happens and we see this every year when it starts to get really cold. Um, when you're leaving for work or leaving for you need to go in the morning and if there's been a big frost, make sure you defrost that windshield and clear that off. A lot of people try to drive with that uh, still there and you can't see once the sun hits that and it's the ice is covering the windshield and we've actually had some accidents happen because of that. So uh, yeah, just be more mindful. There's a lot more pedestrian and bicycle traffic it seems like. Uh, and it's not particularly any one time of day, so we just ask everybody uh, to be more aware of your surroundings and, and watch out for pedestrians. And I continue to see people who are in cars turning onto streets and driving for distances over the bicycle lanes. Mm -hmm. Is that uh, is that just a one-time thing, or is no, it pretty it, regular? I mean, we, we get calls about that a lot. Uh, any of your major thoroughfares that even don't have bike lanes, there's a lot of places that do have emergency shoulders. On, and uh, just remind everyone, it's it's never okay to in the state of Tennessee to pass someone on the right side of the road. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's dangerous because that's for emergency stopping and only, and also sometimes on those right sides there is a turn lane that begins and those people ahead when it's their turn to get in that um, if you're driving in that turn lane that can cause an accident there so it's not just the bike lanes but very very important as well for to keep those open for people that are using bicycles uh, so they can remain safe and, and use those appropriately and i know everybody knows about the 
move over law and everything and they know to stop when an emergency vehicle is coming mm -hmm. but i think they i don't know if they get excited or forget or what happens uh, i was coming into work this morning and there was an ambulance coming in the opposite direction and, and traffic i was sort of surprised at that early hour was there was a car right next to me and oh, i couldn't uh, pull i couldn't yeah. so i just stopped and i figured that would give the ambulance a choice of what they wanted to do yeah, yeah <laughs> is that bad or no I, I mean and, and that happened i mean people if you drive around much here i mean there's times when congestion is so thick that i mean there's just not much else you can do um and I, i'm gonna segue a little bit on that the, probably one of the things that we're still seeing i know talking with the our task force members and hearing some of their reports uh, distracted driving and and cell phone use uh, in cars is still a very predominant issue that we uh, are trying to combat uh, and it does uh, contribute distracted driving does contribute to accidents and it's it's a it's a major factor so we take that seriously as well and um, we do our best to enforce that when we have the opportunity to do so so we just ask people to help us out with that and comply so that uh, we don't have to uh, we don't have to meet that way we have an interesting question here from a listener who's sending us a text and they say that uh, we had had road rage issues uh, for a long time and they thought it was sort of calming down a bit but it's starting to pop up again is it seasonal or what is it and how can we reduce road rage anybody have a thought i don't know that it's seasonal um and it is something that we get called for um people get frustrated when they're driving um i i you know i think we're all can be guilty of that to some degree um, but unfortunately some people take it a little bit too far to the point where it leads to an assault or, or a confrontation and uh, sometimes people get hurt uh, seriously through that so um, there again the biggest way to combat that is to ask folks to leave a little earlier allow a little extra time give some people some grace when you're driving and uh, you know if don't try not to get so upset and frustrated about it um, and uh, just try to avoid those situations and the big thing is if you encounter somebody who is uh, obviously uh, uh, the uh, aggressor in a situation like that uh, don't be afraid to be the person to slow down let that person get be past you in the roadway and uh, definitely definitely don't uh, respond or or uh, contribute to the to the disagreement in any way a lot of times uh if you just let people go down the road uh it just reduces all chances for uh, that escalating at least with you so are you finding in the past when there are issues of road rage is it often because the person just had a bad day or are they just an angry person i think it varies and you know a lot of times you'll see uh, victims of, of road rage who, who did absolutely nothing to contribute to the incident and that's that's the unfortunate part you know sometimes it becomes a, a situation where you have two parties uh, that are going back and forth but there are a lot of times where it's just somebody totally innocent who's doing absolutely nothing to contribute to the incident and those are the ones that are, are especially concerning you know to know that you can out there be out there and you're you're, you're not trying to uh, add to the confrontation and still become victimized somehow very good so keep those things in your mind and uh, a parent obviously I'm guessing it's a parent who just texted us they said uh, my child is just learning to drive they have a learner's permit 
what can we do to encourage them to avoid getting involved in road rage? And I don't think they are meaning that their child is going to get angry. Right, 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 right. It's like I tell my, it's like I tell my family when you see somebody who's uh, flailing arms, cussing, you know, when you see the signs that somebody's agitated, uh, I tell them, hey, slow down, let that person, you know, create some distance between you and that person. If you have to make a turn off the roadway, and and just kind of take a mild detour to get away from that person. Uh, that's the best thing, anything you can do to just create some distance between you and that person. Very good. So these are some things to uh, keep in mind. Uh, if you have any additional questions, is, is this something that people could work through the police yeah. department on? Yeah, yeah, and by all means, if you see something that's uh, creating a hazardous situation, and it just depends on the level of aggression that you're witnessing, uh, by all means, you know, uh, call the local agency. Uh, for that jurisdiction, give a vehicle description, tag number if you can, and, and report it uh, by all means. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. We're going to pause for just a moment. We will be back and continue the program. If you have questions, if you have comments, the best way to do it is just text us a message. 615-893-1450. We'll be right back. The Wake Up Crow, weekday morning, 6 to 7.50. WGNS, your good neighbor station. Rutherford County's place to talk. This is Peter Demas at Demas's Restaurant. Demas has offered gift cards that you can get in any value. You know, those times where someone gives you gifts, you weren't really prepared. It's one of those things that's nice and easy to hand back out but they're amazing gifts for teachers, for family and friends, and we always offer specials depending on how many gift cards that you get as well. You can go straight down to the restaurant and our cashiers are happy to help you with any of those gift cards. Demas's Restaurant, 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Hello, this is Amanda from Animal City inviting your family to come do business with my family. All of us at Animal City would like to say thank you to the Murfreesboro and surrounding communities for supporting this family-owned business for 32 years. When you come see us, make sure to check out our two full floors full of great pets and supplies to keep them happy and healthy. Animal City, for your dog, cat, reptile, bird, and much, much more. Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Good morning. Still a lot of traffic volume on 24 trying to get up through the Hickory Hollow area coming in from Rutherford County into Davidson. Still heavy over here by the airport, at least for the next few minutes. Westbound I-40 coming through Hermitage, Donaldson. I see heavy traffic slowing down 40 eastbound up by Charlotte Pike. All that traffic coming in from Bellevue. Nash Painting is Middle Tennessee's number one residential and commercial painters. It's who I trust and so should you. Call Nash Painting today at 615 829 6858 or go online to nashpainting.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Skies become mostly sunny here this afternoon with a high into the mid-70s. Winds out of the north at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight mostly clear, low 47. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Vucitsky on News Radio WGNS. Currently it's 56. 
Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local Rough Country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome back. Our birthday winner today, getting that delicious banana pudding from the Slick Pig, we have some twins, Jimmy and Jerry Young. Happy birthday to both of you. Our good neighbor of the day, receiving flowers from Ryan's Flowers, Coffee, and Gifts, is Marky Thompson. Congratulations to all of you. Welcome back. If you have a question dealing with law and order here in Murfreesboro, the phone number to text 615-893-1450. Don't forget that number. Always 615-893-1450. Visiting with us this morning, the Chief of the Murfreesboro Police Department, Michael Bowen, along with Lieutenant Clayton Williams and Public Information Officer Larry Flowers. That phone number again to text questions, 615 893 1450. And as we head toward warmer, uh, not warmer, colder weather, <laughs> I wish it was warmer in my dreams, hmm. uh, but it's, it's supposed to be a, a pretty noticeable winter ahead. I know the farmers' almanacs calling for some snows here and there. Uh, the uh, different signs, folklore signs, if any of you believe in those, they're calling for snow. Uh, and, and that could happen this month, they are saying. So we need to get ready for that, too. Uh, snow is not a huge problem in Murfreesboro because it's pretty flat. But uh, do you have any suggestions for people? I know the, the thing that always concerns me when it gets snowy out there is going from one side of town to the other. In other words, taking a bridge over the interstate that's pretty hard to do without hitting a lot of ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you found a way to do that? I don't think you can do it, can you? <laughs> no, but fortunately we have a pretty good street department here, and yeah. they do an excellent job of getting out ahead of things a lot of times. So uh, luckily uh, that uh, they can normally uh, uh, get their crews ready and set up and going uh way ahead of time and uh they do a lot of good work i know a lot of the work that they do uh, saves us work on the back end so so yeah and the best thing <laughs> if you can you know obviously don't be out if you don't have to yeah, i mean if you have to go, get to work and have to do those things it's understandable but there there's always that element of folks that are that are curious which i get i mean um but sometimes find themselves either in a ditch or yeah. or you know in a precarious situation and and the tough thing thing for that is you know we want to help everybody that needs help at that point but it also you know slows us down from dealing with those incidents with other things that might be more uh, higher priority and it takes us longer to get places too because we're trying to be safe and and can't move as fast as we normally do so uh, that's the big thing just try to be prepared when those happens and if you don't have to get out don't Here's another question from a listener, and they're saying, it seems like every time I turn the radio on, somebody is getting shot. Is Murfreesboro as safe as it used to be? What is behind all of these shootings? 
Right, and we've had some uh, recent incidents here. Uh, you know, any number of shootings, any uh, any any homicide, whether you have one or twenty, is a concern. So uh, we value all human life, and it's, it's something that we take very seriously. I can tell you, Mercerboro is still a safe community, uh, but we will never be immune from having issues. You're going to have crime. Uh, you'll you'll have uh, incidents take place, and uh, I think we're in a cycle right now where we've had a, a few days of uh, back and forth incidents, and that's something that I, I know that uh, staff is working on pretty diligently in uh, trying to get uh, some of those uh, uh, individuals identified and hopefully charged at some point. But uh, yeah, Mercerboro is a good community, it's a safe community, but at the same time, if we're being realistic, we, we do have crime issues, we do have shootings, we do have things like that, and uh, the, the big thing is, you know, we just try to use our best skills and uh, resources to try to, uh, to identify involved individuals and, and get them uh, apprehended. I heard from a pretty high up authority the other day, uh, and I won't mention their name, but uh, they were talking about how we were so fortunate to have the laboratories that we have at the Murfreesboro Police Department. They said that you're capable of doing a lot of the things that the TBI uh, sometimes is challenged with. Right, right. We don't do the actual analysis, but there's a lot of prep work and a lot of things that we can do ahead of time with uh, some of our systems uh, to give us information uh, pretty immediate uh, that we can act on. Uh, I know that uh, we continue to invest in our uh, training for our crime scene techs, and uh, uh, we hope to expand that uh, one day to where we can have, uh, you know, just continue to grow that workforce. You got to remember. Uh, it's obvious we're a growing town, and as you grow, uh, you know your incidents. If they remain consistent per population, just naturally as the population increases, uh, you know your number of incidents will go up. So, is neighborhood watch still important, or is it more important now than before? Yeah, it's important, but you don't see as much focus on the traditional neighborhood watch that you're used to. I think a lot of places you'll see community, neighborhood uh, groups on social media that uh, have kind of taken that role. So they might not necessarily work through us through a traditional neighborhood watch, but they do have their own systems and neighborhood groups set up. And that's pretty common. So there's also, <clears throat> Bart, there's also you know, some unique partnerships that have kind of evolved out of that. Uh, you've probably heard, been familiar with Ring Neighbors. Uh, that's a... Uh, system that we have become partners with and also fire and i think even rutherford county fire it's a way for people that are part of that uh, ring network system that have uh, security cameras not only it's not so much even to share video as much as it is it's a quick way to share information for things that are happening if uh, for example i, I saw an alert uh, very recently about uh, somebody at their house had somebody checking their car handles on their door so that you know they were they put that out and everybody a part of that network let them know like hey you need to lock your doors and make sure that you know you're prepared and, and these guys are out so uh, and plus it's we're part of that as well and, and it's a way also that we can develop intelligence and leads also when we're investigating crimes that may be part of the puzzle that we need so uh, there, there's it's not totally dead it may just be taking a different form exactly uh, here's a listener who's texting us this and they said that they have the ring doorbells 
and they don't know how long that information is going to stay on their system and they're asking is it all inside the doorbell uh is yeah i'm guessing is a chip um, of some kind maybe? my understanding it, they have different variations of that camera system um and those the videos themselves i don't know how long they're on the camera most of it is like a cloud-based storage okay so it sends it somewhere and, else and as far as now how how long the individual can access it has to do with how um, there's different levels of subscription services so um, you know that's something right as of right now we haven't had to get into most of the time if we've had a case that's involving a doorbell camera it's something that's so recent they've just been able to get it to us so um, that would be something they might want to check with the manufacturer about about exactly how that works so do they get it to you or do you get permission to go up in the cloud and get it down most of the time we're able to get it from the individual because they're the they're letting us know or through if we walk around uh in an area we're looking for information say a follow-up on a scene there and somebody has the camera they'll they'll willingly share that with us so uh, that we it's it's much quicker and easier that way as long as they're willing to share that do they always know i mean it sounds like if you're investigating a crime and you're walking around asking questions i'm wondering do they always know that they have that video sometimes they do sometimes they don't sometimes they check um and a lot of it's dependent on motion and some sometimes it, there may not be anything there um, so, so you can get it from a, a speeding car going by without pushing the doorbell exactly depending on the settings they've got on their particular and the area they're wanting it to record and capture uh yes and there's different levels of sensitivity so it could be it could have got something that's totally not related or it may not have even been on or activated at all okay uh, a listener says that their subdivision has uh, decided to put in one of the license plate readers. Uh, is the city doing anything with that also? That's all in the planning stages. I know it's uh, part of a project where we have uh, uh, allocated funding and uh, it's just a matter of, uh, I know we have a upcoming meeting with one of the vendors uh, and it's definitely something that uh, we would like to do. Of course, that would require us to uh, for council approval to, for the fund expenditures. But uh, that and the uh, the uh, public safety camera system, those are things that we are still uh, interested in uh, in uh, pursuing. And I know that uh, once you get those systems in place, there's uh, there's uh, all kinds of opportunities for. Uh, connectability with with some of the private uh, mm -hmm. to to, uh, to uh, kind of share that information so it's definitely a win and especially when you have neighborhoods that are willing to make that purchase themselves I mean that's an expenditure that they're taking on themselves so, and if we can utilize that information I mean I think it's just a win for everybody so that's definitely on the radar that's definitely something that uh, I know uh, I think next week we'll have a meeting we'll talk about it some more and I know that it's something that we'll probably be presenting here in the next couple of months now why would a subdivision put it in I mean what are they going to do if they find a, a, a strange license plate showing up uh, do they call you with it or what, what no, do they it, do? It, it would just uh, if, if, they, if there's some type of ration burglary things some things like that it just uh, provides uh, information on the vehicles that may have been in and out of that area so if you have a specific vehicle that you're looking for uh, you'd be able to tell if it went to that neighborhood very good 
Uh, and this next question just sort of flows right in, I guess, with a similar feeling. Uh, they're asking, they said the last time you were on, you were talking about all of the officers would be soon getting body cameras. How soon are we, are we closer to that? Uh, Obviously, we're closer to it. <laughs> it's a good follow-up question. Uh, uh, so, uh, in fact, uh, starting this week, uh, we have got them. We, we've actually got the body cameras in possession. So this week we have uh, uh, the vendor is here. They did some installs on some of our vehicles with the in-car systems and the body camera systems we're training this week. We've got some uh, draft policy rollouts that we're doing and of course we're getting feedback from our staff because we want to make sure that any policies that we put out are realistic and things that they can uh, 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 work with. So we're doing that this week. So uh, it's, it's definitely uh, moving forward nicely and like I said, they are in our possession now and it's just uh, training and policies and uh, getting all that uh, ironed out. How long do you think it will take to get all of this going, all of the uh, cameras in the vehicles, all of the officers equipped and knowledgeable of how to use this? Well, that's definitely a by the end of the year type thing uh, with the body cameras. Uh, the in-car systems are a little different. Uh, uh, we have new vehicles that we put the new Axon systems into and then uh, it'll be spring when we go back and retrofit some of the other older systems with the newer systems. So uh, the, the big advantage there is uh, having two separate si uh, systems. There's no, there's no uh, interconnectability. It, it's just they're having to manage two systems. So uh, when we retrofit next spring, their, their, uh, their in-cars and their body cameras will work together. But in the meantime, everybody will have their body cams hopefully by it's definitely by the end of the year type thing so you mentioned just a moment ago about a new camera system for i guess just general observation of things in the community uh are, are those the ones that are on the trailers or is that a part of it or what? okay so we have uh uh we have trailer uh systems that we can take to special events uh, i think uh, people may have seen uh, we've had one around the square and we are able to move, uh, in fact, some of the areas where we've had uh, some of the violent crime here recently, we've moved some into those areas. So they're just a component of an overall system. I think our long-term goal, and it's something that we'll uh, take to council again, is the pole-mounted systems. And those are a more of a permanent uh, type system that you'll see in cities like uh, Chattanooga has them, other uh, city has them. Uh, uh, and it's something that will feed into a real-time crime center. Uh, just know that when we place those cameras, it's all based on violent crimes. It's not based on property crimes, anything like that. So what we've done is we've run our statistics for uh, uh, recent statistics and uh, kind of looked at uh, uh, where the violent, uh, the shots fired, those type calls are happening, and we have identified locations that uh, that that basically meet the criteria that and we'll place them in those areas and it's something that's movable so if we see crime change crime trends shift we can move those cameras to other areas but uh, they're only accessible they'll only be uh, accessible by a limited um, amount of staff members and it's not something where we'll do random just 
see what's going on. It's things where if we have a specific crime or a specific incident where those cameras may help us, we'll retrieve information. So it's not like a system where we'll be constantly monitoring and seeing what people are doing. It, we'll, we'll connect it with that incident before we retrieve that video. And I guess people need to realize yeah. it's not there to right. uh, look into their lives or anything. It's there to protect them. We don't have the staffing or personnel or, or the, the want to sit there and just watch those things constantly. It, it's, 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 it's a waste of time. But we do know that the cities that have used these camera systems, it has really, it has really improved their solvability on crimes. You know, people know there's cameras everywhere. People uh, uh, know that they exist not only in government hands, but in private hands, but they still commit crimes knowing that they're there. So uh, what you've seen in a lot of cities is just the solvability uh, rate just just go up uh, significantly because they have that evidence to be able to uh, identify suspects and prosecute them. Now, with the unit on the trailer, these others the in the high crime areas, those would be on poles or somewhere where you wouldn't notice them, I guess, so much. Now, the, the, ca is, is the camera the system that we're talking about putting in, uh, uh, they're identifiable as police cameras. Okay. Uh, they're, they're, they're not hidden. There's nothing secret about them. They're, they are identifiable as police as police department cameras. So and it's good, I guess, to see it. And hey, yeah, this yeah, area yeah, is yeah. being it's not. We're, we're not trying to be sneaky. We're not trying to uh, hide things. I mean, they will. you'll look up and you'll see uh, uh, probably our patches like we have our uniforms on the side of the cameras to indicate that they're police department cameras. But like I said, that's all contingent on approval. We'll have to get those approved. How much do those cost? Uh, I think the package uh, that we have, uh, and, and we're reevaluating some things, we're looking at some other uh, funding sources, uh, and I think the last proposal we had was around the 500000 range. For all of them? Yeah, right, right. And it, like I said, this is just a, uh, uh, would be an initial setup, and then long term you, you, you have the possibility to add, and like I said, you can move. and. Uh, and just do different things. It's a pretty flexible system. And, and, and I think that just the key thing to remember is, uh, you know, we talk about shootings, we hear it, we talk about things going on. You can look at uh, Murfreesboro, put it on a map. You have the 66 square miles, whatever it is now. I, I know I'm close, but I think it's around 66 square miles. You can look at that and then you can uh, isolate an area and uh, in, in our city where a overwhelming majority of our violent crimes are happening. You can see where an overwhelming majority of our uh, property crimes are happening. And we know that it's been traditional, it's been that way for a while. Now the question is, how do you address it? We can keep saying, yeah, we know it's there, or we can say, hey, here's some things that we're going to do in these areas to improve and hopefully reduce those number of incidents. And that's with the real-time crime center uh, proposal, with the LPR technology, with the camera technology, we're saying, all right, we know this area is where it's happening. We're going to try and get in there and do things to supplement our policing, our police officers, and uh, and hopefully make an impact. So, and it seems like over the past few shootings, they've all been outside in parking lots, whether it's in parking lots of apartment houses or in front of restaurants or other uh, businesses. Uh, it's not inside as much. Right, right, and, and, and a lot of a lot of shootings do. You're correct. Occur outdoors uh, in parking lots, uh, areas like that. But like I said, uh, we, we've got some pretty consistent information that shows the the area 
where this is happening. Like I said, the, the challenge is now to get in there and uh, see what we can do to change that trend and uh, hopefully reduce a lot of these incidents. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. 615-893-1450. We'll be right back. Stay with us. There are places where people talk, and then there are places that people talk about. News Radio WGNS is both on air, online, and on the phone. Hey, it's Brian Barrett. Here at the radio station, we needed a security solution to keep the staff safe while also giving us some flexibility with guests entering the building. I've tried to find a solution for years, met countless representatives, and they all said it can't be done. That is, until I turned to Turner Security. Not only is it done, it's done right. For your home or business, take it from me. Turner Security is the only place I'd turn. Turn to Turner Security. The sunrise puffs up above the horizon. So glad to see you today. I'm Amy Watson. And I'm Ben Hill. Welcome to News Channel 5 this morning. Time to fill your day with something more than a routine. This is Sky 5 Live as uh, every day there's a brand new skyscraper <laughs> going up. This is where we connect. Come on, y'all. We are alive. We are well. We Laugh. <laughs> See the beauty of the morning. When you look out this morning in that sunrise, you get the prettiest pictures. Uh, news Channel 5 helps you out the traffic door. Traffic anchor Rebecca Schleicher joins us now with the latest. The good news is there are pretty easy alternate routes. With something more than news, weather, and traffic. News Channel 5's Nick Barris is in our Good News Alert <laughs> Center this morning. Take a look right there at this dog. Yes, Whoa. It's something to lift your spirits. Wow. If that doesn't get you going, then we need to have a chit-chat. Ben, Amy, Leland, Nikki D, Rebecca, and Nick. We are here to get you yeah. revved up. Going. A better day. Wednesday it is day. Starts this morning. News Channel 5 this morning. This is Lisa Halliburton with Bell Jewelers. Don't miss our one-day event. It's an antique and estate jewelry sale here at Bell Jewelers on Thursday, November the 3rd. We have a special company that they travel all over the world buying up nice quality antique and estate jewelry, and it will be on Thursday, November the 3rd. Bell Jewelers, 821 Northwest Broad Street, across the street from Toots Restaurant. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. CapstarBank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hi, this is Trevor Tidwell from Bell Jewelers. Yellow gold is starting to become a style again. Here at Bell Jewelers, we have many unique yellow gold pieces, as well as the traditional pieces that you would want to buy for your significant other. We have tennis bracelets in yellow gold. We have regular necklaces in yellow gold, chains, engagement rings. We have exactly what you're wanting and more at Bell Jewelers. This is Trevor Tidwell from Bell Jewelers, 821 Northwest Broad, across from Toots. Talk with the police chief, the mayor, and other local leaders about issues that concern you. The Action Line with Bart Walker, weekdays at 810 on WGNS. And this is the day we are talking with the police chief. Michael Bowen, the chief of the Murfreesboro Police Department, is with us this morning. 
along with Lieutenant Clayton Williams and Public Information Officer Larry Flowers, all from the Murfreesboro Police Department. Crime is uh, our main topic this morning, and we're almost out of time, uh, so we need to touch on a few other areas that uh, uh, this new traffic unit, that sounds the most exciting. You brought that up in the beginning of the program, and I guess one of the big questions that always comes up is what's the biggest problem with Murfreesboro? Traffic. <laughs> Will this traffic unit help us in that area? The, the, the big thing that the traffic unit will help us accomplish is uh, being able to target, target areas that we have uh, identified as having chronic problems. I know that uh, we have we have the ability to go into a neighborhood where there's a speeding complaint and set up uh, mm -hmm. set up devices to be able to record speeds and do averages and you know see how many uh, vehicles pass that area, what the speeds are, and you know if there's a certain time of day when that stuff is happening, and then that further lets us be able to focus resources during those peak times. Sometimes you'll find that you know uh, we had one recently where. Uh, uh, we had a complaint, and we've the information we received back was that 85% uh, of the vehicles were going at or below the speed limit. So, uh, you know, it's a matter of do you want to spend your resources there, or do you want to go to that neighborhood where you set up uh, devices and you find out that hey, you know, 60, 70% of the vehicles are speeding at any given time. So it's just a matter of uh, looking at those, prioritizing, and uh, and uh, making the best effort to help reduce those issues. Uh, I know that uh, moving on from traffic, I know that uh, you had mentioned neighborhood watch. Remember, though, that we have staff. Uh, there's Sergeant Amy Denton, uh, who uh, helps with a lot of our uh, community outreach programs, CPA, things like that. So I encourage you, if you haven't been through CPA, to try that out. And uh, when we was the next one? Do you know when the next class? It, is? It, it'd be spring session. Spring so, session. So this okay. this. Uh, winter sessions fixing to graduate i think maybe next week yeah, so nice. we'll start again spring and which we say spring but it'll it'll probably start somewhere in january and then uh, uh with a lot of the work that amy has going on sergeant denton has going on we've also added sergeant mike turner to the staff who's going to focus on crime prevention and so neighborhood watch if you have businesses that need training for uh, uh active shooter robbery that type of thing uh, please reach out to him sergeant mike turner who's a part of our administrative services division and uh, we will help uh, in any way we can with training or, or, or any educational components. Okay, and with us uh, switching time this Sunday, that means it's gonna be dark sooner. Right. <laughs> uh, anything you wanna share with people, especially with school zones and things of that sort, dark and kids, that's not a good combination. Right, right. It's just always, you know, just uh, like you touched on earlier, make sure that if you're out walking or riding your bicycle or doing whatever uh, in those uh, low light uh, times and I, that, that you have plenty of reflective material on. And uh, Yeah, and do so safely if there's a bike lane available, utilize that. And obviously if there's a sidewalk available, you know, make sure and use that so that uh, you don't have uh, issues of being in the roadway. We're not... When you don't need to be, it just uh, helps take away that element of possible accident happen that way. Okay, and uh, we're flat out of time. And for the person who's on the phone wanting to get on, I apologize. We've run out of time. 
Uh, we encourage you to call us toward the beginning of the show. And whoever's on the phone, uh, if you want to email me with your question, I'll try and answer it. So, uh, <laughs> What's just, your email? Uh, mbowen at mercerbrotean.gov, and it's on the city website. So right. feel free to shoot me an email. Thank you to all of you for joining us today from the Murfreesboro Police Department, Murfreesboro Police Chief Michael Bowen, along with Lieutenant Clayton Williams and Public Information Officer Larry Flowers. Hey, have a super day. See you tomorrow.